Amen. Looking forward to the word of the Lord here this morning. So, um, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And I want to just preach for a little while this morning on this subject, why he came. Why he came. Amen. Why don't we set our Bibles aside and ask the Lord to, to minister to us today and to talk to us. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for everything that you've done, God. I'm asking you today, Lord, to speak to our hearts, Lord, to move among us, Lord, here today, God. God, I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay, Lord, that I can speak as the mouthpiece of God. God, I pray, Lord, that your perfect will would be done in this place today, God. God, we want a word from heaven today that will not fail to give you glory and honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Thank you for standing. The old songwriter penned the words to the song, Why Me, Lord? I remember hearing this song as a, as a child, hearing uh, the famous Elvis Presley sing it. And I would be, uh, as a young man, impressed with his voice, and how he could wave his voice and do all these fancy things. Uh, disclaimer, I didn't hear the worldly versions of Elvis. I would hear the Christian versions, in case you're wondering. But. Uh, but the song uh, that he would sing, Why Me, Lord? Uh, the words, I, I got them, uh, and it simply says, Why me, Lord? What have I ever done? To deserve even one of the pleasures I've known. Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you? or the kindness you've shown. Lord, help me, Jesus, I've wasted it so. Help me, Jesus, I know what I am. And now that I know that I've needed you so, help me, Jesus, my soul's in your hand. The final verse would go on to say, Tell me, Lord, if you think there's a way that I can try to repay all I've taken from you, Maybe, Lord, I can show someone else what I've been through myself on my way back to you. 
And you think of those words and sometimes you consider your own life. And the words of that scripture come to mind. That says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And has crowned him with glory and honor. If there's anybody in this place this morning that's wondering how significant you are in the eyes of God. Amen. I want you to know and be reaffirmed today that God has his eyes upon you today. And that you hold special significance in the eyes of God this morning. Amen. You could ask the question, why me, Lord? Amen. And he will tell you, I came to the ends of the world just for you. He left the, the heavens behind him. And he enrolled himself in flesh. So that he could come to where you were today. Amen. You are special in the eyes of God this morning. Amen. Don't listen to the naysayers of this world. That they devalue life. And they think they can they have the authority to, to abort life. Amen. But life is in the hands of God this morning. And it is the perfect will of God that you're here this morning. To hear this preacher preach on this Sunday morning. Amen. That God has his eyes on you today. That the Spirit of God has wanted to move in your life for so long. And it's still the will of God that you come closer to him. And that God does great things for your life. Hallelujah. What is man that thou art mindful of him? I don't know how many times you probably felt that same way. Perhaps you may have messed up or been inconsistent living for God. And you ask God that question, what am I, Lord? Who am I? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Hallelujah, hallelujah. But he has great plans for this church. That first he can work in your life. And then in your family's life. And then through your family. You could be an example. You could be a witness for this world. Because right here in this church house this morning. It's the seedbed for revival. Amen. Within you and your family holds great potential. To impact the world in which you live. Hallelujah. But first you got to realize that you are significant in the eyes of God. And within your life is great potential. There are many reasons why he came to this world. And I realize that this uh, scripture that we read from in the book of Isaiah. Is often read and used in many Christmas services. And you may think today that, you know, Christmas is past. Don't you know it's in December? But I would, uh, I would tell you that there are many people 
that have still left up their Christmas decorations. I went just yesterday to, uh, or two days ago to my in-laws and lo and behold in their living room is still the Christmas tree with all the lights and all, all the all the different decorations that are Christmas and, and I, was, I was like All right, so what are you going to take down the Christmas decorations? Yeah. We're almost in February and we're still doing Christmas. So I don't feel bad, you know, reading from a scripture that is referenced to Christmas. But this scripture shows the significance of why he came and it's not just a scripture that we only can read during the Christmas season but it is a scripture for all of time because in this scripture the name of the name of God is the wonderful counselor perhaps your life is filled with boredom sometimes and nothing really exciting but he's the wonderful perhaps it seems like there's nothing good that happens in your life but when he comes he brings the wonderful back to your life and when he comes he brings the counselor back into your life For all of the problems in which you face, he's still the counselor. Perhaps you may feel weak and weary and not know how you're going to overcome the obstacles in your life. To you, he's the mighty God. Amen. He has all power in heaven and in earth. And there's nothing outside of his control. To those
Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 says think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets I am not come to destroy but to fulfill for verily I say unto you till heaven and earth pass away one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled he is coming to this service this morning to fulfill promises to your life the God that I serve is still in the business of keeping promises to your life amen I would to God that you would stand the mental databases of your mind and you would begin to remember amen every promise God's ever spoken to your life he's come to fulfill promises this morning he's come to amen speak a word into your life today amen the God that I serve is a promise keeping kind of God amen he's not come to forget about the things he's spoken to your life amen but I want you to remember amen every time you spend the presence of the Lord and God has spoken to your spirit amen I want to tell you once again this morning hey take it to the bank it's going to happen hallelujah let's worship him and praise him Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I remember as a, as a younger man. Uh, I'm still able to say a younger man. I still feel young. Uh, I, I've seen a few gray hairs start to come up, but they're not as pronounced. What I remember as a younger man, uh, being in uh, great services, and, and a minister come by and speak a word in direction of my life. And I left feeling encouraged and strengthened that God was going to, in fact, do something great in my life. And then I remember some years later that I would uh, be in a hotel room crying and thinking, God, if you don't help me right now, it's all going to be for naught. I remember I sat there in that hotel room thinking, God, I'm about to go too far. God, I'm, I'm about to, to lose my salvation. God, I'm so far from you right now. And God, if you don't intervene in my life, God, it's going to all be for naught. Amen, but the word of God was still there in my life. I still had a word from God in my trials. I still had a word from God in my struggles. Amen, that he will fulfill every promise to me. And I remember watching the hand of God move in my life. And begin to deliver me out of that pit of despair. Where I thought I was going to go under. But instead with the help of God I went over. 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There are many reasons why he came. And I began to search the scriptures for every scripture that would say I am come or the Son of Man has come giving us explicit uh, purpose for his existence for coming to earth and another scripture that I came across Found the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 34. It says, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I am not come to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And the Bible says, And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And I began to ponder that scripture. God didn't come to bring peace. He came to give me a sword. That sounds like a, con a contradiction to the Bible. That sounds like God's flip-flopping. But through further study, amen, the commentators and, uh, would tell you that in this particular passage of Scripture, Christ did not here mean to say that the object of his coming was to produce discord and contention for he was the prince of peace but he means to say that such would be the effects of his coming because fellowship with him it always involves separation from those on this earth but yet the reward of that separation is very great case in point the confusion of tongues at the tower of Babel it was much better than the peace which preceded it and, and itself produced a better peace because when the Spirit of God got to moving, it brought separation from impending destruction. It brought separation from those, amen, that would cause impending destruction. And the, when God's Spirit comes into a person's life, and when you begin to fellowship with God, and you begin to build a relationship with Him, amen, there is always a call to one's life that you must separate from the world. You must resist the things of this world. Amen, there must be a sort of division from you and the world as you walk living for God and as you serve Him. He has come to separate for Himself the people and such is the reason why he, we are here today because he has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light amen it's not the will of God that 
we stay in the state of darkness. It's not the will of God that you stay in darkness. But that you come into the light. Amen. God wants to bring you up out of that pit of despair. And separate, amen, from those that would keep you down. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There always is a act of separation. Separation. In the book of John chapter 10, verse number 7. Another scripture that we read that tells us why he came. And it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. It's the will of God that you have life and that more abundantly. Amen. Not just a mere existence in this world but live in the complete essence of his word to your life amen not just to exist but to thrive to thrive in, the, in, the, in living for God amen it's not amen so you can just go idly by through life sometimes we do get that feeling that we wake up at 6 a.m. Get ready for half an hour and then be at work by 7. Work till 3.30, get home by 4.30. The same, unless you live in, the, in, in work in the Bay Area, then it's, you get home at 7 o'clock. <laughs> Hopefully not that late. <laughs> but you do that day in and day out. Monday through Friday and it can feel like mere existence it can feel like I'm just doing this and this is my life nothing really exciting going on but when you get his spirit moving in your life and you maybe get home at 8.15 and you find a place to pray and you break open the word of God and suddenly the spirit of God gets to move in your life and you begin to realize the distinction that you have in your life amen that truly when you get in his presence you are living life to the fullest amen and it's not just mere existence anymore it may have felt like mere existence on that long drive home but when you hit your knees in prayer you begin to put that
And you begin to speak in tongues. And you begin to get that word out. And you begin to see God's intentions for your life. And you've got to realize that's life more abundantly, friend. And then you get in your car and you come back to church on a Sunday morning. And God uses you to place somebody through the Holy Ghost. And then suddenly Monday rolls around and you're teaching that Bible study. And you realize this is life more abundantly. I've seen God work not only in my life, but I've seen Him work through my life. And yes, that Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we lift our hands to God one more time all across this house? Let's close our eyes and let's just worship Him and thank Him. Let's worship Him. Let's praise Him. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for revelation, Lord. Oh, thank you for understanding today, Lord. Hallelujah, the scripture that we just read the words of Jesus says I am the door of the sheep yet you can look at Jesus and not see a doorknob coming out the side of his belly but what that means when he says I am the door of the sheep is it in old times the shepherd would lead the sheep into an enclosed pasture with bushes around the perimeter and there was one entrance to that pasture and commentators and those that study the culture that day would tell you that as the shepherd would lead the sheep into that pasture and when it was for the evening it was a, it wasn't they weren't out there grazing but in the evening time they had a little place where they would sleep and at that one entrance to that little enclosed area as the shepherd would lead all of the sheep into that little grazing path, that pasture area. After the last sheep would get into that little enclosed area, that the shepherd himself would at that point lay down on the ground, blocking the entrance to that enclosed area. 
And so he would say, I am the door of the sheep. So if anyone would come in to touch the sheep, they would literally have to step over the shepherd. They would have to go through the shepherd if they were to get to the sheep. Amen. The God that I serve today is the kind of the God that will lay down his life for the sheep. And that he will lay down his life for you and me so that you can find safe pasture so that you can have that security that you're so long for amen knowing that everything's going to be alright because he's the door of the sheep and he is there for your safe pasture hallelujah Another scripture in the Word of God is found in the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse number 8. And it says, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. And then those words, For the Son of Man is come. Para esto vino el hijo de los hombres. To seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. I think that on that particular day, Jesus was looking for Zacchaeus. It was not so much that Zacchaeus climbed the tree to look for him, as it was that Jesus went looking for Zacchaeus. Jesus knew that the crowd would be thick and heavy that day. And he knew that Zacchaeus was short in stature. And so he walked slowly through the crowd that day looking for Zacchaeus. But so the man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He walked through that crowd looking where is Zacchaeus. Where is that man that is hungry for me? Where is that soul that is thirsting for me? Where are you Zacchaeus? Where are you, Zacchaeus? And I, I imagine there may be those in this place today. Amen. That you thought, amen, you were looking for God. But in fact, God was looking for you. And God was searching for you. Amen. God, amen, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And it's the will of God that if we're His hands and His feet, if we are His hands and we are His feet, Sister Dean, then we're to be looking and then we're to be searching. Where are those that are hungry for God? Where are those that desire change? Where are those that need God? Amen. I want to be His hands and His feet today. I want to be reaching for somebody today. I want to wake up in the morning and my prayer to be, God, where is that soul?
He's, he's come to seek and to save that which was lost. He's come to seek and save that which was lost. One other scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 9, 34 says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. When he came and he saw the multitudes, when he came and he saw your life and my life, I believe that he was once again moved with compassion. When he saw a Nate Hall walk into this church, he was moved with compassion. When he saw a Paul Camarena lift up his hands and surrender to God. When he saw a, a Josh Hoyle and the tears may be streamed down his face for the first time the God of heaven was moved with compassion because he saw that you had a need in your life and he knew that the only way that need could be met was if God would show up on the scene of your life and you would reach out to him Amen. And he read when he, the Bible says when he saw the multitudes, he saw that they fainted. He saw that they couldn't even walk by themselves. He saw them as they tried to stand to their feet. And they fainted. And they fell. He saw others on that day that were walking around, but they were scattered. He saw some that were fainted. And he saw others that were scattered. And he recognized these are sheep. That don't have a shepherd in their life. These are sheep that don't have a shepherd in their life. I'm going to tell you today. You must have a shepherd to be saved. You need a shepherd in your life. That will lead you. And that's what guides you. You need a shepherd in your life. That will say, follow me as I follow Christ. You need a shepherd today in your life. That will be one that will gather. That will lift up the fainted. That will gather the scattered. That is why he came. That is why he came. So that you will not live fainted. 
so that you would not be scattered from amongst your brethren but so that together we could stand and we could be the people of God Amen. so that when you've got a shepherd in your life you can stand with your brothers and sisters you can stand as one people united for the same cause you can be separated from the world and you can be a people of God you can be the bride that was getting ready for the bridegroom that is why he came that is why he came if we can stand sister Lisa comes I don't know where I'd be without the Lord today. Amen. Lord, you and I, we grew up in church. No, we grew up in church. But there was a point in our lives where we got a hold of God. And we said, I'm going to live for God for myself. I'm going to live for God for myself. And the Bible says, one more scripture. First few verses of the Bible. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. When God first began to move in the earth. It was a place that had no form. It was full of void. And such was our lives when God first came into our lives. It was hearts that were void of true joy and true peace. And we were living in a state of darkness. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. Perhaps you remember when you first came to God. Stumbling around. The proverbial groping in the darkness. Somebody show me the way. Somebody show me. But God's Spirit began to move in your life. And His Word began to go forth. And suddenly you begin to see the situation in the light of His glory. And you begin to understand that God was leading me and guiding me so that I could be at this place at this moment and do what God's called me to do God filled the void he brought the light and then God began to set things in order for the scripture continues that God divided the light from the darkness and called the light day 
In the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Suddenly your life began to have order. Suddenly things began to make sense. God brought order. He brought illumination. And he filled the void. And perhaps God just simply wants me to remind you on this Sunday morning why he came. So that you could take personal inventory in your life and realize if he did it for me he can still do it again he didn't bring you to this place and pay your dues but he brought you to this place so that you can take him to your world so that sister Alice could take it to her family and say God can move in your life and this year 2017 will be a year of us taking it to the world bringing Jesus to our world because we understand why he came not so that we can sit on a, on a chair and just get down on the word of God but so that we can knock the door so that we can teach a Bible study so that we can witness to a co-worker so that we can tell a neighbor about him he died for this whole world he didn't just die for you and for me he would have done it all even if it was just you but the fact of the matter is he did it for this world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life Let's lift our hands and let's just talk to him for a few moments. Jesus, I love you. Come on, lift your voices. I'm through preaching today. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't we sing something to the Lord?
want God to use you again this week. Say, you know what? I, I want to be a part of bringing Jesus to my world. Maybe, maybe you feel shy or backward or timid. But if you want God to use you, and if you believe that God can use you this week to witness to somebody, I believe there's times where we can just give a card and say, come to church and kind of run and hide. But there's other times where God just wants you to talk to somebody and tell them, God really can fix your problem. God really can help you. God really can move for you. And I, I want to just challenge somebody here today before we leave this place. Tell somebody this week about the Lord. Really tell them. Tell them your testimony. You say, well, I've grown up in church. You still got a testimony. Because there was that day when you got it for yourself. Every young person that grew up in church no doubt had those temptation struggles to walk away from it. Maybe you even did. But God brought you back. You got a testimony. You tell them what He's done in your life. Tell them about the Lord. Why don't we lift our hands one more time as we close in prayer. And why don't we just ask the Lord, God, I want you to use me this week, God. God, over the next seven days, God, I want you to use me. God, use me to speak into somebody's life, Lord. Use me, God, to, to be a witness, Lord. God, I pray that you would open the door for each and every individual in this house today. God, open the door for us this week, God, to open our mouths and to begin to speak into people's lives, God, and not tell them the bad things, not tell them about all the struggles, God, but that we can tell them about how you brought us through, Lord. Take your time here if you'd like to just stay and pray for a while. Amen. That's all right as well. God bless you.